Welcome to another fun-filled weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. This should be an interesting one. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. Excuse me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidK Eddie. Once again, at SidK Eddie. That's S I D K I D eight zero. That's S I D K I D eight zero. And you can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina underscore McGee on the IG. You can go to our website, weareregalradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L radio.com to find all of our articles, features, and other fun stuff pertaining to sports, culture, and other information. And also, you can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, along with the other podcast programming from War Media by simply searching for War on Anchor. Wherever you download your podcast, iTunes, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, and the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in that search engine box, War on Anger. That's W-A-R-R on Anger. We're also on the tube, a.k.a. YouTube, at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. You can not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing live. Thank you for your support. <laughs> All right. Like, share, subscribe. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes. Lakina, let's start off this weekend edition with the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. It's open, and who's going to be the biggest taker? Of course, if you guys have been sleeping on, under a rock, the NFL superstar quarterback currently employed by the Houston Texans requested weeks ago that he wants to be traded. Of course, new management is in there now for the Texans. A new head coach has been put in place. No, sorry, it's not Eric Bieniemy. We'll get to that later. <laughs> it was reported by Adam Schefter of ESPN this past Thursday that Deshaun Watson will waive his no-trade clause if he's traded to the right place. Lakina, let's start off locally since we are broadcasting live from Chicago. I've been hearing talk for the past 24 hours or so. GM Brian Pace for the Bears has placed a call that was reported also by Adam Schefter along with other teams in the National Football League as well looking for Mr. Watson's services. Let's be realistic before, I'll ask you this question before we realistically break this down. Do you think that the Bears have a chance in hell to get Watson, even so a tenth of a percent chance of getting Watson? I mean, there's always a, a chance, right? I mean, with, with anything, especially when you have a superstar like Watson, you know, wanting to, wanting to get traded, he has no trade clause, so he'll be kind of pick and choose and refuse who, who and where he wants to go to. I mean, they, they do have a little bit of a puncher's chance, but again, do they have the capital? Do they have the, you know, the, the money that they can, they can match? You know, some people say, you know, hey, let's just, you know, trade Khalil, Khalil Mack down to, to Houston, you know, get Watson. They're, they're not going to do that. That's, that's not equal in value. And you have the, tw- and the Bears have the 20th pick. And, you know, I think that the, the Texans have the 12th pick, so they're not, that's not a good, you know, trade-off. So if you want to, you want to maybe add a third rounder, maybe, you know, maybe add a first rounder for next year, maybe. But, you know, I'm sure Watson's going to want to go someplace where he wants to, to be able to win now. He's 25. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll, I'm sure, you know, the Charles and O'Jew is going to be protecting you. Do you really think that's going to entice him? Probably not. So we'll delve into it a little bit more, but what what about you? Do you think the Bears have a a snowball chance and you know what? (laughs) No. (laughs) But if you're Ryan Pace, you do have to place that call. I was talking to a couple of people outside of here a couple of days ago, and I I told them, like, if you're Ryan Pace, you have to do your due diligence 
and placing a call to see what it would take to bring Deshaun Watson over to your team. The reason why the Bears are in this position is because Ryan Pace missed out on him four years ago. He traded up to get Trubisky with the swap from the 49ers. You know, John Lynch is looking at him now like, you're crazy. We went to the Super Bowl even though we blew it. And you haven't been to a Super Bowl as a franchise since 2006. <laughs> what does that tell you? <laughs> but uh, let's be honest here. We all know that all the mulligans up for those uh, employees for the Chicago Bears, i.e. Pace, i.e. head coach Matt Nagy, and quarterback Trubisky, who we all know that he's not coming back. Here's the thing. If you're Ryan Pace, if somehow you can pull this off, Will it save your job and save face for the moment? Yes. But the pressure will be on and on and hotter and hotter and hotter, like hotter than a hot comb back in the day on your big mama's gas stove. The reason why I say that is because you'll be expected to win, not just the division, but you're expected to win the whole thing, in which we'll break down the numbers in just a moment in terms of the salary cap for the Chicago Bears. It might not be as easy as you think. So I, you know, let's just say that the Bears did pull this off. Let's be realistic, Lakina. How many first round picks would you ask if you're the Houston Texans? Well, I mean, there are there are rumors that maybe they might just wipe the slate clean and start over. But do you? But again, do you have if you're the Bears? Do you have the draft capital to to pull something like this off to kind of entice the Texans to? Say, hey, you know what? We got the best deal. And look, Deshaun, you can come here. You can be the guy. You know, you'll be an assistant that you'll be comfortable with. I mean, you got, again, you have no, you don't know what playmakers you're going to have next year. I mean, you know, Miller, his, you know, he's been, you know, hasn't lit up the expectations. Another matter has Allen Robinson, and he may not even want to come back next year. I mean, yeah, they can, you know, they can franchise tag him, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure A Rob's hoping that that's not the case. <laughs> You know, you know, yeah, David Montgomery. The O line is is good, but not great. Still suspect in some spots. I mean, a defense that's yeah, it's still serviceable, but they'll be a year older. So, mm-hmm. do you really think you have a chance to win in the next couple of years? And you know, I don't know if Pace is, is Pace and Nagy are, are they lame ducks? Do you really want to play for a lame duck? You know, you know, brass that may not be back. You know, the year after next season. Mm-hmm. So. So many unanswered questions for the Bears. So if you're Watson, is, is that really someplace you want someplace you want to go to? Probably not. See, here's the thing. If I'm the Houston Texans, you'll probably have to ask for three first-round picks. I think realistically it may take two first-round picks, maybe a second. Maybe you dangle out a third and add a player to balance it out. But if you're the Texans, you, you're definitely getting multiple first-round picks. The question is, will you get three first-round picks or you just stick to two? We don't know. And you'll have to add a second-round pick, maybe even two second-round picks for Deshaun Watson. Like you asked just a moment, a moment ago, do the Bears have enough draft capital to do that? Let's, yeah. just, let's just say real, real quick. Uh-huh. Let's just say real quick, you're the Texas, Lakina. I'm Ryan Pace. Mm-hmm. I'll give you three first-round picks. I'll give you a second round pick. I'll give you Cal Fuller. You had me until Cal Cal Fuller. I'm not taking. But that. he's our best d- defensive back on the team. Uh, mm, 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 I, mm, if I were the Texans, I'd, I'd hang up the phone. I'm like, ha, nope. 
<laughs> that that's that, I'm sure, look, I'm sure that that's probably if you're the Texas brass, I'm sure that's what you want. I mean, look, if you if you throw in a Khalil Mack, maybe, you know, they're not they're not gonna do Robert Quinn because that's too much money. So they're not gonna I doubt they're gonna touch mm-hmm. him. Um, you know, Eddie Jackson unfortunately can't tackle. I'm sure they know that, so I don't think they're gonna want him. I mean, maybe you throw in both Calful and Khalil yeah. Mack, maybe, but I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe, you know, <laughs> I don't know what Akeem Hicks's contract situation is, but I don't, like he's over thirty now. I don't know if he's going to be somebody you want to, you know, you know, that the Texans might want to, you know, comply. But I, I just don't, I just don't see any scenario. I, I don't. I mean, he, I'm sure. Look, I'm sure Pace could try to do his best pitch, but I don't think they have a mm-hmm. lot to do it. <laughs> You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. We're breaking down the Deshaun Watson Sweet Six, which is now open to the entire league, including the Chicago Bears. Uh, looking at uh, the base salary for your Chicago Bears from this past season, Khalil Mack, his base salary is over $17.5 million. The signing bonus is $6.8, which uh, a total cap hit is $26 over $26.5 million. That's the cap hit for the Chicago Bears. He takes a 14.6% of the cap. Kyle Fuller, which name I just brought up, he made over um, $9 million this year. No, that $9 million is dead cap. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. But he made just over $17 million this year. If they will somehow cut him, which they won't. But uh, his cap hit is $20 million even. Robert Quinn, uh, $14.7 million in a cap hit. Akeem Hicks, you just asked for Lakina, $12 million. And Eddie Jackson, $11.4 million for this year. Okay, so, yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's, yeah, that doesn't leave much wiggle room for the, if you're, if you're the Bears, doesn't leave much wiggle room. It doesn't. Yeah, so if you're the Houston Texans, realistically, uh, let's just take Khalil Mack out because he makes the most on the team. I brought up Kyle Fuller because he's one—he's your best defensive back on the team, and he makes the most, uh, the second most on the team at twenty $20 million. He's still young. You could take him. The other names I mentioned, Robert Quinn, Akeem Hicks, they're much older now. They make a whole lot of money. If you're Houston, realistically, you don't want that back. Right, and, yeah, and like you especially like you said, given a playoff, uh, Akeem Hicks was injured again this year. Bill's more effective this year than he was a year ago. Robert Quinn is, was a big disappointment. Right, so I, the, the cap, yeah, that 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 cap thing is not going to work. So I mean, look, look, you know, Kyle Fuller's been serviceable, serviceable, but do you do you really think that's going to be enough if you're the if you're the uh, the Texans? I I don't think so. But I'm looking through some of the the caps. I mean. I know Jacksonville. I know that um, Adam Schefter sort of put it out there that you know what if you're Watson and get his get his heir apparent if you want Trevor Lawrence, assuming that you know the Jacks draft him, you sweep the number one pick and you get Deshaun Watson in Jacksonville. But again, do you really think do you really think Deshaun Watson's gonna go to Jacksonville? I mean, they're a good three, maybe you know two three years before they even start contending. And so if you're Watson, mm-hmm. you're you're starting to reach your peak. So yeah, they got a lot of cap room, and that they'll probably in the driver's seat them the Jets, but they're still years away from actually one, from actually you know contending. So I don't know if you're gonna want to go to either one of those cities. What about you? 
Yeah, Jacksonville, you know, they have a new head coach, Urban Meyer, down there now. You're going to start off with Justin Fields or probably perhaps Trevor Lawrence. He's the favorite to get picked up by there with that number one pick. So if you're Deshaun Watson, like you say, you want to win now. And Jacksonville is nowhere near winning now. And that's why we brought up the Bears to uh, start off the top of the show. But if you're Watson, you may play for Lane Duck head coach. Let's just say things doesn't get off to a good start. And Matt Nagy dibbles and dabs and gets his dirty hands all over the play calling again. Let, uh, and I said this before, and I'll say it again. The McCaskies are great business decision makers, not great football decision makers. They're great in business, but not in football. Let's just say Deshaun Watson pouts to the media and to whoever w- who wants to listen to him. And let's just say he wants to pout to the McCaskies, some of that Matt Nagy does the same foolishness next year as he did this year. Do you think the McCaskies going to cave into his demands? No. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> that's, not, that's, not, <laughs> that's not how they roll. They'll get rid of the head coach, but do you think they're going to appease Watson and, and hire a new head coach to appease his needs? No, when did the McCaskies ever do that? Never. Never. Oh, not at all. Never. So that's that. That's not going to happen. So, and I, I just don't. I mm-hmm. just don't see it. And look, I, I look. I, you know, going through, you know, some of the other teams. I mean, I, 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 I agree with what Shefty said that there's maybe only like three or four teams that probably don't need Watson. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I you know, that's mm-hmm. a Baltimore. Um, Seattle, uh, Kansas City, of course, and also you could probably say Tampa, Tampa as well. Although mm-hmm. he hasn't said it yet, but it looks like Tom Brady will be playing there next year. He did he commit for two years during the Super Bowl, so should they win, I'm sure he's going to want to try and repeat. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so other than those four teams, everything it's a free for all for everyone else. I mean, I've heard some, yeah, I heard like some people say I've heard, I think I heard like one of the NFL Network guys that maybe perhaps Los Angeles, maybe the Rams. Oh, well, the Chargers, too. They probably don't need a quarterback because they've invested a lot of money in Justin, Her- in Justin Herbert. He's still cheap. He's still in there. He's still in the uh, the rookie contract, so he's not going to – they're not going to want to, you know, get him out of there. But how about the Rams, the team that they share that they share the, the, the same uh, field with, the same stadium with? I mean, supposedly there's, you know, Sean, Bay is, Sean McVay is not totally sold on Jared Goff. They have a little bit of a wiggle room in the, uh, in the cap, so – what do you think about the Rams? <laughs> if they can find some sucker to take on that Jared Goff contract, so be it. And they're definitely in the driver's seat because they have a good defense. Aaron Donald, even though he was hurt during the playoffs, he's still the best defensive player in the league. You still have Leonard Floyd. If they bring him back, he had his best year this past season with nine and a half sacks. You still have Jalen Ramsey one of the best defensive backs in the league, the cover corner in the league. So he, he's still good. And they gave him a, the extension before the season kicked off. So if they can find somehow some way to get from underneath that, that golf contract, have at it. They'll definitely be a, the team uh, to watch in the NFC for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. They'll definitely be right there. Excuse me. In the NFC West. So, um, a few other scenarios. I've heard you know, just keep it in that division. Somebody said Arizona, which I don't think they're going to do that. I mean, look, they no, still, no, no. They still got um, Kyler Murray in that in that cheap, uh, you know, rookie contract. So mm-hmm. I, I don't see them. Okay, yeah, he had his struggles and was a little banged up, but I do not see them 
I don't I don't see them, you know, trading Kyler Murray for Deshaun Watson. I'm sure look, I'm sure Deshaun, I'm I'm sure um DeAndre Hopkins would like that, you know, reunited with his his buddy, but <laughs> that's not happening. Although San Francisco maybe because they we really don't know if Jimmy G is gonna come back. That team's kind of built now. What do you what about San Fran? San Fran makes football sense, but like you said, said what are they gonna do with Jimmy Garoppolo? And will Deshaun Watson work with head coach um, uh, Shanahan? Mike Shanahan, uh, not Mike Shanahan. Kyle. I forgot. Kyle. Kyle Shanahan. Thank you. Not Mike. Good grief. But <laughs> does uh, Deshaun Watson fits uh, Kyle Shanahan's offensive uh, philosophy? We don't know. Yeah, that that that's just, I don't think that that's happening either. Um, maybe it looks about- good on paper, but I don't know if it's going to work. Yeah, uh, sure, absolutely. Um, what's another? Some people said Dallas, maybe, but again, you don't no. know what the, you don't know what's going to happen with the Cowboys. You know, they, they they got a lot of dead money, so I don't know what's going to be the situation there. What about? I, I don't know there are better said. there are better options to bring Dak Prescott back. Jerry Jones, what are you doing? You should have signed up before the start of the season, and you saw what happened. If you didn't get hurt. That team was in the playoffs, period. Now, I'll, I'll remind folks that early in the year, the Dallas defense was trash. But despite all that, Dak was putting up some of the best numbers of his career. Yeah, exactly. So, Thomas, I should tell you, sign him right now. <laughs> if you're Dak Prescott, you cannot ask for a quote-unquote hometown discount. You cannot ask for any discount because your value is higher, now not even higher since you missed the season. Your team ended up with six victories. If you stayed healthy, that team would have won 10 games despite the early struggles of the season from the defense. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that whole saga, we're going we're gonna to be doing this again, Sid, I have a feeling. Um, what, oh, here's a, another scenario, another uh, team. What about Washington? Also, also, also um, you know, uh, shout out to Ron Rivera. He is cancer-free. He made the announcement. Yes. His, his daughter made the announcement. He confirmed it. So mm-hmm. that that's that's great to hear. So, what about what about Washington? I mean, they they they've got some young looking covers. They got a pretty good pass rush. What about Washington? And that that's a good there for the taking. So yeah, like yeah, Deshaun Watson will have some weapons to work with a little bit. Terry McLaurin. Uh, you have Antonio Gibson, the running back, uh, who had a, a nice year as a rookie. Like you mentioned, you have a young defense. Like you said, that division is up for the taking. I know I mentioned on our last episode that uh, Matthew Stafford will be a good fit if Alex Smith retires. If Smith retires and they have to have a chance to go get Watson, so be it. Watson's almost like LeBron James. He's the LeBron James of the NFL. Any good team that you put him on, he becomes an instant contender. And Washington would definitely become an instant contender if he's on their squad. Absolutely. Definitely makes other contender there. Some people said Cincy, but I seriously, I know, I know Joe Burrow's hurt, but they're not, you know, that they put the investment in him. So I like we've been saying, give him a good O line. Look, that 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 Bengals O line is just as bad as the Texas O line. That's why Burrow's hurt. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not going over there unless you're gonna, you know, invest in an O line. No, no, no. Um, and this is, this is actually pretty funny, but I guess someone, I guess like one of the, the Cleveland Browns bloggers said, Hey, what about the shot? Watch to the Browns and the bigger Mayfield's like, wait, what, what, dude, dude, what are you talking about? Huh? What? 
<laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, but I just think that someone's was just being silly. What about, I don't think it's going to happen, but what about you when it comes to Cleveland? No, leave Cleveland alone. Baker Mayfield has turned it around. Plus, it's all about running the football with them anyway. We saw that this year, even in their playoff loss to Kansas City, you take the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hands. When you give Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt time to run the ball and they pile up yards, it makes uh, your quarterback that much better. That's their game plan. That, that's going to be their MO going forward. So I cannot see Deshaun Watson doing that. That's I'm sorry. It, it upgrades them on paper, but uh, philosophy-wise, no. Okay. Um, here's another Here's another team that's a, a wild card, and the coach loves – you know how much this coach – the head coach loves this quarterbacks. Las Vegas. What do you think about the about the Raiders? <laughs> I know they had draft capital for the last couple of years. Thank you, Chicago Bears, in that Khalil Mack trade. Uh, I know John Groom, like you said, loves his quarterbacks. I know he wants to wash his hands of Derek Carr. I wouldn't be surprised if he was a Bears quarterback, by the way. I'm just throwing it out there. But uh, what do the Raiders have left to give up for Deshaun Watson? Really, what do they have to give up? Unless you know something I don't know. I don't see him in a Raiders uniform. Although it wouldn't shock me, it would definitely help their franchise, and the, and the Raiders would definitely be back in the national spotlight in terms of teams to watch in the National Football League, but I just don't see that happening. I've heard some people said maybe New Orleans, but they got a lot of dead money, so. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you, you can got, skip over them. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, and I don't think they—I don't think they have much in, in terms of draft capital. So, I don't see that happening. I've heard. Yeah, Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston—they're smart. They could be their starter of, of uh, starting QB for the next year or two to figure it out long term. Definitely. Um, what about Philly? I mean, they—they they just got a new coach. You know, supposedly, I guess they put in there that hey, you got to work with Carson Wentz. But again, the same situation. A lot of dead money. What about Deshaun Watson to the Eagles? That's not happening. That new head coach is supposed to go in there and fix Carson Wentz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. And plus, you have Jalen Hurts. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. That's know gonna what, be a mess. Yeah, look, I look. This, these are just like dream scenarios with some of these some of these teams. I mean, I know a lot of Colts fans are like, "Look, do you really?" But like we've been saying, do you really think that? That they're going to be that the Texans are going to be stupid enough to trade him within the division, <laughs> like no. no, that's not going to happen. So I that, that this is just crazy. Do you have any other teams in mind that that maybe you know, could try to get Deshaun Watson? Hmm. Like, like I said, we didn't touch on this team yet. The New York Jets. I know they have the most draft capital, and I think they have the most cap space of any team in the National Football League. Now, if you're Deshaun Watson, the New York Jets are like the Chicago White Sox here in town. They're the second banana to the Chicago Cubs. The Jets are definitely second banana to the New York Jets. The Giants are struggling right now, even though they look like they're on their way up with new head coach Joe Judge. The Giants haven't won a Super Bowl in almost a decade. The Jets, you've been in purgatory forever. If Deshaun Watson is brought over there to the uh, gang green, and they become contenders rather right away, he'll own New York City. Oh, yeah, he'll Even though that's a New York Giants town in terms of football, he will own that city. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think he'd definitely be the king there. Um, I don't see – well, maybe Miami. I mean, some people say Miami. They've got some draft draft capital. Look, they've got a pretty good, like, up-and-coming team. But Tua, 
you know, Trey would be Otua, and then you get you get Watson back if you're Miami. Maybe, maybe. I mean, they've got some. They've got a little bit of wiggle room. What do you mm-hmm. think about the Dolphins? The Dolphins will make the second most football sense, but here's the question I wanted to ask you, Lakina. If you're Houston, of course you're not going to trade them within the division. That's not happening. Do you stick with training within your conference? Because outside of your division, you wouldn't play them that often. But do you really want to trade them within the AFC? It looks like to me the teams that you read off, there's, there's a little bit more options in the NFC than the AFC. Oh, yeah. If you're look, if you're Houston, I, I think look, I saw um Nick Casero, who's a new GM, said better we take a few questions. Organi- organizationally, we want to reiterate our commitment to Deshaun Watson. We have zero interest in trading the player. Oh, you, you oh, he's the player now. Like you're not gonna call him Deshaun or him. Like that's not lack of di- the lack of respect. I mean, come on, really the player? Really? Like, and you wonder why he doesn't want to play for y'all anymore? Come on, I mean, I don't exactly. Know- I don't know what's going on over there. I mean, Cal McNair wasn't even at the presser for new uh, for the Texas new head coach David Culley. He has it seems like he has no interest in, in you know in you know owning this team. Remember, his late father was more the football fan and also the, mm-hmm. the business side of it. I'm sure he's turned over in his grave right now with all this has been going on with the organization. So, but the player really. Like, I know this might. I know some people say this might be a chess master playing, but you're 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 not doing a very good job. <laughs> Let's go over one more team, Lakina, in the AFC. And I heard this team come up within the last twelve plus hours or so. The Denver Broncos. I thought about. I don't know that. if they have enough. I so I've thought about. The- yeah, I've thought about that, that, but, you know, they've got a little bit of some stuff. I mean, we'll see where Von Miller is on the defensive side for next year. I, I don't know. Do they, do they have the stuff that, they, that he needs? I mean, they may be another year or two away, I think, the Broncos are. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> I think they are another year or two away, but let's be honest. Uh, Vic Vangio is going to year number three. He has to win now, and if he does, uh, he's going to be headed out the door as well. So uh, the Broncos are in a tough spot, but I don't know if they have enough capital to bring in Deshaun Watson. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting. But I, I, Denver, it, it kind of makes sense, but I, 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 right now I just don't see it. I just don't. Here's another one for the NFC, Carolina. They have Teddy Bridgewater. I know they have a little bit of draft capital, but they don't have a complete team yet. So I, 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 I get where the, uh, people are coming from with that, but I don't think they have enough. So you, you, it looks like they committed to Bridgewater how long, however long he, he signed that contract uh, last offseason. You could have been a bear, by the way, but due to financial nonsense <laughs> issues, <laughs> he wasn't here. So uh, it looks like they're going to stick with Bridgewater. Yeah, I'm trying to think they do that. I think they, they do have a little bit of draft capital. The Panthers do, but like you said, you you pay the money, all that money to Teddy Bridgewater, you're going to bring to Sean Watson, and it's kind of disrespectful to him. So I don't know about that. Uh, mm-hmm. 
that's pretty much it. I think we went through a lot of the teams that probably could use use Watt that could use Watson's services. Will they and will he get traded? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there have been some scenarios where you know they can just you know sit him and you know do you, come on if you especially if, if if fans are allowed to come in next year next season. I mean. I mean, they they want to see Deshaun Watson, so I I don't they're gonna want they're not gonna mm-hmm. want to uh, see like in you know insert you know quarterback you know here or whatever. So I I think look we may it may not be till training camp you know when and if he does get traded, there's gonna be a lot of you know they may do it before the draft you know to see like what what can mm-hmm. they get from from uh, from you know it's lion season when it gets around draft time. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So like I'm 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 just wondering like what 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 scenario, what can they do? I mean, I, I just, at this point, I just don't, I just, we just don't know what's going to happen. You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Browns. We discussed the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes as we now add the Chicago Bears back to the discussion, Lakina, before we close out this first segment. Uh, let me read you off the list of potential quarter, uh, free agent quarterbacks for the Chicago Bears. Uh, we, know, we all know that Nick Foles, is under contract for next year. I know some of y'all want to throw stuff at us. Don't get mad at us. It's just the facts. Let me read off some names for you, Lakeen. Let's be realistic here, okay? Shoot. Let's just say Trubisky is not coming back, which is probably likely. Let me read you all some names. Jacoby Brissett. Depends, depends on how much money he wants. Okay. Ryan uh, Jacoby Brissett is 29 years old. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 39 years old. Mm-mm. Nope. Tyrod Taylor, thir- 32 years old. He had that punctured lung that was um, <clears throat> uh, that was a purpose. I thought <laughs> I sound like Lamont here <laughs> that the Chargers uh, uh, messed up his lung early in the year to get Justin Herbert in there. He's 32 years old. Would you want him in a Bears uniform? Again, it's going to be about money. So maybe, maybe. A.J. McCarron, who was Deshaun's backup in Houston. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, ooh, it, it, does, it does sound like something that the Bears would do. Maybe we'll get him for the league minimum, I guess. <laughs> no disrespect to him, but I, I you know, that's just me. I'll put him in the maybe column, too, because he's probably going to be the cheapest, I guess. Andy Dalton, 34 years old. Injury issues, too. No. Nathan Peterman, 27. He was the backup to uh, David uh, Derek Carr, rather, in Las Vegas. Hmm. Hmm. Nah, I think they'll pass on. I think they pass on him, too. Okay. RG3, 31 years old, Baltimore. Mm-mm. I like RG3, and I wish he had more success so far in NFL, but I don't, especially with some of the, especially since you know, he was hurt again this year. So that, that, I, that's a hard pass for me. Matt Barkley, he was, he's the backup to Josh Allen in Buffalo. Yeah, it was kind of like a mentor to to the last couple of years. Um, I, I, again, no, like as as since as Sid is you know, telling all of you, there's not not a lot of quarterbacks out there on the market that's going to be out on the market in the off season. So <laughs> yeah, you know, just that, okay. A couple more names here: Cam Newton, thirty-two years old, free agent. Uh, he was, of course, with New England this year. He battled. He had his issues with COVID. Yes, um, they probably they probably could have gotten them this year, but again, you know, 
it is what it is. I mean, like I kick the tires on him and see, maybe see if he's got anything left. <laughs> Here's the name, 24 years old, San Francisco, Josh Rosen. Remember he was the guy a couple years ago for Arizona and they traded him. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, well, I mean, like, is he, is it a system issue with him? Is it, you know, something else? I, I don't know. I mean, like they do, do, I mean, do the, do, do, does Kyle Shanahan want to try to make, try, try to make him, you know, the starter, I, I guess, you know, especially if Jimmy G doesn't come back. I, I don't know, but again, we'll, we'll, maybe, no, no, I don't see it. I mean, there's a reason why he's getting traded and letting and let go. So he's got to think that there's got definitely some, some performance issues there. Okay. Blaine Gabbard, currently the backup of the NFC champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nah, I doubt it. He'll probably just stay. He might just stay there. <laughs> he probably don't have to, wouldn't have to play. Uh, Nick Mullins, 26, San Francisco. Probably kick the tires on him. He's definitely, he's, he's also flashes. You know, this season with the OGMG hurt. So I would say maybe. And one more name. Mr. Kyle Allen. He had a uh, uh, had a, a decent rookie year with Carolina in 2019. He's the backup quarterback with the Washington football team. He's 25 years old. Do you kick the tires on him? Do you think the Bears would kick the tires on him? I think, yeah. I think they would. I think they probably would. Just to see if he still has it. I mean, like you said, he's only 25. You know, it seems like he's been around forever, but that probably would kick the, kick the tires on him. <laughs> and I'm not going to read up any other uh, any other names because uh, the rest of the list is that bad. So yeah. those are the options for you Bears fans if you want a, 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 a quote-unquote starting quarterback going into next year, assuming that Ryan Pace doesn't draft one in his upcoming draft. We already know, as I mentioned, that Nick Foles is under contract for next year, but the options out there are not that great. I know I was campaigning for Cam Newton a year ago. I'm not going to say that I wouldn't be happy if, he, if the Bears picked him up, but let's be honest here. They won't do the right thing by him, <laughs> not by him. Not they, they really do. And it's like, like not, not it's very slim pickings there, as Sid yeah. mentioned. So. You don't know what to do here, but oh, go back to Deshaun right quick, and I forgot about this team. And then there's some people that may may think that this might this could happen. How about New England? There's something, and I'll bring up another quarterback in just a moment. A, a New York sports radio host brought up another quarterback that could go to New England. I'll bring that part up in just a moment. But Deshaun wants to tune to England. Bill Belichick. I don't know how old he is. You can look that up, Lakina. But uh, the if I know New England, I don't know what that cap situation is. They usually do pretty good, i.e. Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick is his government name. But if they can find some way to get to Deshaun Watson, so be it. I guarantee you this, Bill Belichick will coach for the next five to ten years. You don't think he can get a Super Bowl out of that? Assuming that he rebuilds that defense the right way and assuming that he gets a number one wide receiver, which they haven't had in forever, if you can do those things, assuming that they get Deshaun Watson, Bill Belichick will definitely get another Super Bowl, Whether, despite what happens next Sunday with Brady and company in, in Tampa. Uh, Bill Belichick will definitely get a Super Bowl without, without Brady. Here's Super Bowl number seven. I got Deshaun Watson. What are you, you going to say about me now? <laughs> they got, yeah, they got, they're, they're in the top five with the cap, so they actually have some cap money. But like you said, Sid, okay. I mean, they have they've had a lot of guy, a lot of defensive guys opt out, and those guys are going to be older. So, 
Mm-hmm. You don't you don't have a wide receiver. Julian Elliman, you know, he's on the other side of 30 now. He's having injury <laughs> issues. So I don't know. I mean, you're, you're seeing what Brady is doing in, in Tampa. Do you, do you kind of kick the tires on Deshaun Watson? Maybe. I don't know. But again, we'll, again, we'll, we'll see. I mean, like I said, this is going to be very, there are going to be a lot of twists and turns in this. And I know that the, the Texans can say all they want. Well, we want to keep uh, the player. Okay. <laughs> apparently, apparently, apparently he hasn't even talked to the sh- to Sean. It, lo- it sounds like so that that's that's a a big red flag right there. So mm-hmm. this is this is probably gonna get a little even crazier before it gets before we get a resolution here. But it's gonna be very interesting, no doubt. Yeah, and before we wrap up here, uh, I was listening to some New York sports radio, and this host suggested that if Bill Belichick would bring this quarterback into uh, their system that they'll automatically become contenders and Belichick would definitely stay in coaching for the next few years. Do you think it's a realistic possibility that Matthew Stafford could join the Patriots? I see why not. I don't know if they're going to trade for him, but let's just assume that Detroit does not find a trade partner and they just cut Stafford, which is probably end up going to end up, hap- be, uh, end up happening anyway. If you build Belichick, that's kind of what happened last year with Cam Newton. He waited till the market was fair for him, picked him up right before training camp, and you saw what happened. Do you think that same scenario can play out again this year if they want Matthew Stafford? Yeah, that, I think that that could happen. I mean, that that's definitely a scenario there. And, you know, the only thing is with Stafford, I mean, he'll have to play in the ele- elements for most – for like half the year. And mm-hmm. I'm sure he's not used to that, so that might play a factor too. But like, like we said last week, I mean, like you got Indianapolis, that team's ready to win now. Um, what, what's another? That's another team that's ready to win now. All they need is a quarterback. Maybe Washington, perhaps. You know. Yeah, I told you, Matt Stafford. Uh, if let me repeat again, like I said in the last episode, if Alex Smith retires, that's my dark horse team for Stafford to be picked up with a uh, Washington. Yeah, oh, I people think. are sleeping on Washington. Yeah, look, I mean that they've got look, they've got a young up and coming, you know, offense. You know, we know the defense is really good. You know, just gotta mm-hmm. shore up that that secondary. Look, I think and the NFC East is very winnable. So yes, you know if if you're if you go to the Patriots, I mean, you still gotta deal. You gotta deal with Miami, who's up and coming. You gotta deal with Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think they'll be back next year if they add some pieces, especially if they add some pieces we talked about in the last episode. So. If you're Matt Stafford, mm-hmm. I think you know you you're, you might be right about him. Perhaps maybe looking at Washington because, like, for all the reasons we've said the last couple episodes. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. The quarterback carousel in the National Football League is just getting started. Where do the Bears fall on that? Uh, it's going to be interesting, Lakina. So we'll all we will all find out together. Let's take this 20-second timeout on the weekend edition of Second City Sports Stretch. Get your beverage, get your favorite snack. On the flip side, we'll talk Chicago Bulls, their game against Boston earlier this week. Uh, We're going to have to go over some things. Uh, The National Basketball Association as a whole, we'll have to go over some things as well. And college basketball will preview the Saturday and Sunday games for you, and uh, plus a whole lot more. You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports. Welcome back to the second half of the weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. 
Along with Miss Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the Instagram at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow this show, Second City Sports, along with the other podcast programming from War Media by simply going to our website at weareregalradio.com. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you search for War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. iTunes, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, that iHeartRadio app, make sure you type in that search engine box, War on Anchor. And you can also find us on the tube, a.k.a. YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. You can not only watch us, not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing live. Thank you for your support ahead of time. Uh, absolutely. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your buddies. Yes. And we got to tell you guys this, especially for those of you living in the Chicagoland area as we transition over to basketball. The Chicago Bulls, currently um, their record stands at seven wins and ten losses after Monday's defeat to the Boston Celtics at the UC 119 to 103. Of course, the Bulls on a current mini losing streak. Uh, as far as Monday's game it, it was concerned, Lakina, Zach Levine led the Bulls again with 30 points, six rebounds, three assists. On the flip side, Marcus Smart led Boston with 13 points, five rebounds, and 11 assists. Lakina, as we talked about for the last few shows, uh, the Bulls need to continue that fight. Uh, it looks like they, they're, going, they're getting some respect from around the league. No, we didn't expect this team to be a, a championship team. Some people may call this team a playoff team. Maybe that'll be the case by season, season's end. But as of right now, they are still growing. They're still trying to find themselves. There's a little bump on the road called injuries. Uh, unfortunately, the injury bug has hit the Bulls again. Wendell Carter, Carter Jr., their first-round draft pick from a couple years ago out of Duke, he'll miss the next month of action because of a quad injury. Lakina, before we break down this loss to the Celtics from Monday, what does this do to the Bulls as far as long long term? We talked about Larry Markkinen on the last couple of episodes. It looks like he's found his game. Looks like everybody else's minutes going to have to be bumped up now. Who's going to take up that load in, in in the absence of Carter? Yeah, that's going to be the thing, right? Yeah, will Daniel Gaffer will we see will we see him more? Will you know we'll see we'll, we'll see maybe I'm sure we'll see Garrett Temple in the starting lineup maybe perhaps you know him and Gaffer you know going back and forth you know it's done this tomorrow spot at center. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe Otto Porter Jr. Maybe he might, you know, he had 13 points off of, off the bench in that game, game against the Celtics. Maybe, you know, maybe Thaddeus Young, you know, they really, you know, the Bulls really don't have a center unless you put marketing in that center position where, you know, Carter usually is. I mean, maybe, maybe get him to play center a little bit and, you know, just move some guys around. So I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to be very interesting to see what the you know, different combos that Coach Donovan decides to use. As far as that the game is concerned, look, you're going to have games like this. I mean, they were they were 17 for 39 from three. You know, their free throws mm-hmm. shoot their free throw shooting has not been very good lately. They were four four for ten their last game, so that that didn't help their cause either. I mean, look, you're going to have these sort of you know ebbs and flows over the season. They had 18 turnovers, which is you know, that's not, that's not, you can't really get away with those types of turnovers. They had some bad ones, too, against a team like Boston because they will take advantage of those turnovers. 
they're one of the best at that. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not freaking out. I know, I know some, I know I've heard some people, you know, in the various in both both our sports stations say or questioning this this team's toughness. I mean, I think they're still look. I they've shown that that fight. I mean, look, if you're gonna get pushed around by a team like Boston, that's gonna happen. It's just, even in a short, you know, a short 72 game season, you're still gonna get you know these kinds of games. It's gonna happen. So I would say just this is one of those games where you just you know, just throw it out, throw it out to the fire and, and light the match and just you know move on to the next game. And they actually haven't played in, like since then because they were supposed to play against the Grizzlies, is what we talked about mm-hmm. earlier this week because of COVID issues with the Grizzlies. They they had to postpone that. So now they play tomorrow against a, a Portland team, which you thought that maybe they were starting to kind of get together, but they haven't. They lost a couple in a row. We'll talk more about the, the rest of the league in a little bit. But what do you think? What about what do you think? Sid? What about what are your thoughts on the Bulls? Uh, speaking of that five position, Lakin, I think Laurie marketing from an offensive perspective would work at the five, and because he'll open up uh, driving lanes for everybody else, like Kobe White, who struggled on Monday, and it was Zach Levine, uh, they'll open up uh, lanes to get to the basket as well. So Laurie marketing for, from an offensive perspective, he will draw those big guys away from the lane because we all know that Laurie marketing likes to shoot, and so he can uh, pick up his own dribble and create his own shot when need be. But I think offensively, marketing can play the five as well as anybody on that team. Now, defensively, there's where they're going to struggle. You brought up my guy, Daniel Gafford. I love the energy that he brings off the bench, but he's going to have to step up more now. Like you mentioned, Garrett Temple, he's going to have to come in too. Uh, There, do I need to say this person's name? Christian Felicio? (laughs) (laughs) How much playing time will he get? Um, I figured hopefully not much, but maybe to <laughs> spell some guys' minutes if they get in foul trouble here and there. But yeah, <laughs> don't let, don't let this is where Matt we are on the Bulls roster. Yeah, but don't let our buddy Matt Peck here come. I'm sure because you know he loves Felicio. No, not really. But, <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, like, don't let him hear you say that. I mean, look, didn't they try that a couple of games ago and it didn't really work? He actually wasn't too bad, but. I don't know if, if he's your answer to replace Carter Jr. So it'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. what, what kind of combos that they use, but we'll see. Yeah, as, as you mentioned a couple of minutes ago, uh, Daddy is young. Uh, he's He stepped up big on Monday. He added 16 points out of Porter Jr., as you mentioned, uh, added 13. Garrett Temple has been a nice surprise these last few weeks. He only contributed eight points, but I wanted to see the bitch be more productive now since we know that Carter Junior is going to be out for the next month, so it's going to be important to see how the, the bench production from this team because they're going to need it now more in, than ever, given Kobe Wright's struggles and given Patrick Williams, the rookie out of Florida, his struggles. Yes, he's a rookie and he's going to eventually figure it out, but uh, two points is not going to get it done. But I'm not going to be too hard on the young man referring to Patrick Williams. I, like I said, he's going to be fine, but you, this is when your veterans uh, come in and to spell, uh, spell your starters of minutes. And now we're one of your big-time uh, core players in, in Wendell uh, being out. Who's going to help Who's gonna help fill in those shoes as far as the way this roster is constructed? It's going to be a total team effort. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so it'll be interesting to see what – what the Bulls do? Do they? You know, who do they? Who do they go to to kind of fill out that board? I mean, you're gonna have to get somebody who can attack off the glass, who can you know be aggressive, you know, inside and get those rebounds. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, the, 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 yeah, the pictures are kind of slim, but I, mm-hmm. I think like you got you got guys that are capable of you know doing the job. So we'll we'll see what they do. It'll be very interesting. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Like you mentioned, they have a game against the Portland Trail Blazers Saturday night at the United Center. Portland has had their struggles here over over the last a few days. Of course, we mentioned in our last episode, CJ McCollum. He'll be out with an injury. Uh, Dane Dollar, if you watched that game on Thursday, we'll review that in just a moment. Uh, he lit up the Houston Rockets with another local three, among other <laughs> things. We'll get to that in just a moment. But Portland's one of those streaky teams. The Bulls do have a chance in that one. And then, of course, you have a mini series against the New York Knicks next week. We'll get more into that in our next episode. So the Bulls have some winnable games coming up. I'm not predicting doom and gloom because of the injury. They still have enough enough talent on this roster to get some wins. Now, as far as playoffs are concerned, that's really too early to tell, but they still have enough to be competitive. I I do not, I repeat, do not expect this team to lay down. No, I don't either. Like I said, like we've been saying for these, the last, from past episodes, they're going to put up that fight. As long as they keep up that fight, I think they'll be able to steal maybe one of those other games that they play when they play some of the top teams. So we'll Mm -hmm. see what happens there. So... And you know these last few days since our last podcast said what has impressed who what team or a player or anything like that what has impressed you most? Uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Let's highlight they, uh, their game against the Atlanta Hawks from this past Wednesday. The Nets uh, got by the Hawks one thirty two to one twenty eight in overtime. James Harden led Brooklyn with thirty one points, eight rebounds, and fifteen assists. He's starting to become more of that playmaker again, even though Kyrie is back now. Uh, it seems like uh, Harden and Durant and Kyrie, they're meshing at least offensively. But we all know that the problem is defensively for new, for the Brooklyn Nets, I should say. And that's something they're going to have to figure out over these next few weeks until the trade deadline. Will they pick up somebody via trade or will they have to wait until some of these quote-unquote aging high-priced veterans be um, uh, get bought out like potentially Andre Drummond of Cleveland. Maybe Kevin Love is bought out as well. So the Nets will have some options, options, but until then, they have to get their game together uh, defensively. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think they, they've definitely improved. they still got a lot of improvement left, but I'm sure they'll get better once, as long as they can avoid any more, like, major serious injuries. I think, you know, the, the Nets have kind of sort of, you know, finding the rhythm. So I'm I'm looking forward to see what what they do. They've got they've got some games coming up this weekend. We'll get to those games in the, in just a little bit. But I think for me, I think Utah, they've won ten in a row. Mm-hmm. They're now number one out west right now. We'll see how long they can keep that up. I mean, I think they've been able to kind of you know, I think they, I think they kind of take advantage of their scheduling. I mean, they mm-hmm. they played the Pelicans a couple of times. They played the Warriors. The Mavs have had their struggles. They play them again tonight. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that they've kind of taken advantage of the fact that their schedule was, has been kind of light. I'm not – no disrespect to those teams, but I think they've been able to take advantage mm-hmm. of it. But look, Donovan Mitchell's been playing very well. Um, has been playing very well, too. They're actually getting some – they're actually getting some support from some of their, their guys off the bench in, the, in Utah. Look, Quinn mm-hmm. is probably one of those – probably one of the best coaches that a lot of people probably don't know too much about. So I'm, I'm – you know, I'm, I'm kind of uh, cautiously optimistic. I don't think they're going to be the top team in the West when all said and done. Look, it's, it's still a long season, even though it's supposed to be short. But, look, you can see mm-hmm. – look, I mean, there'll, there'll be ebbs and flows throughout the season. I mean, 
it, it, it's gonna be it's like, look Jordan Clarkson like I said the guy's on the bench yeah he had th- he had, he let the he let the them in points in their last game so he had 31 off the bench in the game against Dallas a couple of nights ago so that's they you know, he's been contributing a lot so look again I'm not you know too keen on them but it's nice to see Utah especially after that early exit in the playoffs you know a few months ago to kind of play like the team that we thought they, they could be we didn't bring this up on our last episode Lakina, but did you watch inside the NBA I forgot who Utah was playing but they uh the TNT guys the inside the NBA crew led by Shaq Kenny and Charles and uh-huh. Ernie Shaq was interviewing uh, yeah, I saw that. Donovan Mitchell, and uh, he asked him, uh, I don't think you that type of player, just paraphrasing, I don't think you that type of player to bring a team to a championship. Donovan Mitchell said, okay. But like you said, Utah has been one of those hot teams in the league. Of course, last year they had a disappointing first-round exit against Denver. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is a, is a very good player. Will he be that guy to carry Utah past the first round, past the second round, like they reached during his rookie year a couple years ago? Uh, it, it's just so stacked in the West. I, I'm not sure. As I said in a couple episodes ago, prove it to me in the playoffs. Uh, Rudy Gobert is still, is still there. I, uh, you know, Utah is just one of those teams that had to fight their way through Denver and the Lakers, and so that, that's their reality right now. But uh, I, there's been an issue with certain players, especially younger players, that are sensitive to harsh criticism. I don't think you could place that on Donovan Mitchell, but you could place it on players like Kevin Durant into a lesser stick, LeBron James. You know, I know the NBA is now AAU culture and all that, but it seems like to me that some, I repeat, some of our stars in the the National Basketball Association are so sensitive to criticism. You know, we know Durant, he could take his feelings to Twitter, make a burner account and put everybody on blast. And other players just like do silly memes on Twitter and Facebook and uh, and things of that nature. What do you think about today's NBA player? Do you think they can really take harsh criticism from the older guys like Shaq and Barkley? Yeah, I saw that exchange. I thought it was sort of look. Shaq's got the got the resume, so he can pretty much mm-hmm. call out anybody he wants. <laughs> so and, and look, I know I know that was tough for Donovan Mitchell to swallow, but I think. Like you said, I don't want to say these younger guys are being coddled, but the fact that you know they play AAU, some most of them end up playing in college, some of them do go straight to the mm-hmm. NBA. But you know, look, I mean, Mitchell's been one of those guys. That actually, spent a couple of years in college. He was he did spend like about two or three years at Louisville. But mm-hmm. um, but, but, but like we've been like I said, I mean, I think like you said too, Sid. I mean, a lot of them probably can't take the harsh criticism. Maybe not. I mean, I don't want to say they're being coddled, but they're sort of been protected from like the criticism. So we hear guys like Shaq. I know, I know Mark Jackson said some things about some of the younger players, too, to some mm-hmm. extent. I mean, look, these guys know what they're talking about. I'm sure, look, I'm sure back in the day when they were playing, some of the, some of the, you know, the analysts then were probably saying some stuff, too. Maybe not to this extent, but maybe privately mm-hmm. or whatever. So, but I, I think, look, I think if you're Donovan Mitchell, I think you just take, you just kind of take it, you know, just take it for, you know, just to take it as sort of, you know, sort of a, a challenge, if you want. And so far he's done that. I mean, him and Gobert, like, like, I, like I said a couple, a couple minutes ago, and like you said too, Sid, I mean, they've been doing a great job. Look, Jordan Clark has been doing very well off the bench. We'll see if they can keep it up. I, I, it's going to be hard for them to do that. But like I said, they've, they, you know, they've had a light schedule, so they've kind of been able to, they've been able to benefit from that. So we'll see what they do, but but like I said, I, I think I think they're a little. I think the younger players are a little bit too sensitive to. I mean, the, what what KD does, you know, having burner accounts, you know, to kind of get on guys that 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 insult him. But 
you know, it is what it is. You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Brown. As we discuss the National Basketball Association, we'll get to you our previews for this weekend's games coming up. Lakina, let's go uh, stay out west and go to Los Angeles. Uh, not the Clippers, but the Los Angeles Lakers. They, uh, they started off the year 10-0 on the road. They lost their last two games on their East Coast road trip, including uh, they, they're lost at Detroit on Thursday, only scoring 14 fourth quarter points. But I want to focus in on Wednesday's game. They lost a heartbreaker to the 76ers, 107-106. LeBron James led the Lakers for 34 points. Ben Simmons had a triple-double for the Sixers, 70, 17 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. Uh, late in that game, Joel Embiid was fouled hard by LeBron James. Joel Embiid, I think this is the first time this year he's made headlines since the season started. He said after the game that LeBron James should have been kicked out of the game. It was a hard fall, but call me crazy, but I didn't think it was anything malicious. Yeah, me neither. It was just unfortunate the way that Embiid fell on his back. Thank goodness he was okay, but it, it, it was a nasty fall. Yeah, it was. It was pretty nasty. And I don't think, like, like you said, I think it's just that the way he fell, because you know Embiid's such a big dude. So when the uh, you know someone that big kind of takes a tumble like that, you you know, you freak out and you get called for a flagger. And I think that's probably I think that's probably why they got called for he got called for a flagger because of the way Embiid uh-huh. fell. I think that was really more than anything. Thankfully, you know Embiid avoided serious injury, but. On, on the on the court though, I mean Tobias Harris, you know, hit a big shot. You know, he actually made a defensive mm-hmm. stop. You know, you know, kept you know, AD from you know making a super pass, made set up for a last second shot. You know, I think. Look, I'm not. Look, I know. Well, I'm sure some Lakers fans kind of freaking are kind of freaking out a little bit. They lost to Detroit last night. I wouldn't mm-hmm. look. I I wouldn't freak out if I were a Lakers fan. Look, these you're gonna get these kind of games in the season. You're gonna have like okay. You know, and also LeBron hasn't taken a, taken a game a game off yet, so you know you gotta like, feel like that's kind of playing a part too. And look, you're gonna have these these sort of stretches where you're gonna gonna lose some, you're gonna lose a couple of times, you're gonna lose two teams that you probably have no business losing to. It happens, so I wouldn't freak out too much if you're a Lakers fan. They have a big one tonight, uh, tomorrow night, I should say, against Boston, so that should be a fun one there. That's one of those ESPN ABC games, so sure that'll get. Big ratings. Um, look, the, the Clippers, you know, they had a nice win a couple of nights ago. They've been playing pretty well. Um, Denver, looks like Denver has finally kind of figured out mm-hmm. they've won five in a row. You know, that should be uh, – that should, that, that, I'm glad. You know, I'm happy for Jamal Murray and Jokic. Jokic is up. It's, you know, yes. their, their bench has actually been playing better too. So, they, you know, they had a, a nice win against both the Mavericks and the Heat. Sorry, Alana. Our, our girl, Alana, touched her. <laughs> We'll get to her heat in a little bit because uh, she, you know, there, there's some. I wish we had her on because she's got some explaining to do. We're talking about her heat and what's going on with, with them. But I like Denver what they're doing. I mean, you know, Mil, you know, Millsap's actually been playing pretty well. Um, Michael Michael Porter Jr.'s been playing better too off the bench. Like I said, a couple just like like I just said. So Denver looks really good. Um, Memphis will Memphis will see how they look because they haven't they haven't played like over a week and a half. <laughs> they had they actually had a five game mm-hmm. winning streak before they they had to stop due to the, the the COVID situation down there. So they play a, a big one against the, the Spurs tonight. So we'll see what they do there as well. So who's who's impressed you uh, league wide? I was going to say the Golden State Warriors, even though they lost their game to the Phoenix Suns on Thursday in front of a national audience, uh, they looked good against. 
the Timberwolves the, the night before. They're ten and nine right now. Steph Curry is playing very well right now. Andrew Wiggins has stepped up, average over twenty two points a game his last three games. So, as I said before, should the Warriors stay healthy, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with as far as getting that playing tournament. But uh, their core guys, in particular Curry and Draymond Green, they got to stay healthy. Absolutely. And also, Houston, Houston's played pretty well, too. They've won four in a row. Yeah. It looks like they're, they're starting to kind of find their rhythm. You know, Houston's looked good. Um, over East, um, everyone's been kind of up and down, right? I mean, there hasn't really been the hot team. You know, Miami's lost five in a row. You know, what's mm-hmm. going on there? Um, you know, like we mentioned the Nets, too. You know, the, the Pacers and the Bucks have won, have won each one a couple in a row, too. So, what do you think? What about out east? Who's impressed you so far out east besides uh, the Nets? Uh, I know Milwaukee. I know I'm not a big fan. I don't hate the team, but it's just the way that team is structured. You know, the, you've been close the last couple of years. Uh, I think this year it's going to end up the same story. But focusing on right now, I know they got a big win at Toronto via Tampa the other night. Giannis finally got um, got off the shine. He had a big game. I'm still worried about Toronto. I know they're seven eleven as of this recording, but I think they can still turn it around. If you're Milwaukee, on the flip side, uh, can you keep that momentum up? Because you're not the top dog anymore. Philadelphia is coming for you. Brooklyn's there. Uh, Ph- Philadelphia is there. So in Boston, uh, no, a team that no one's talking about. As soon as they get healthy, with Kimball Walker and those guys, Jalen Brown's playing out of his mind this year. They'll be right there. So. If you're Milwaukee, you cannot coast like you have last season when everything is going your way. Those days are over. You got to go out and compete. Look, especially if you want to be taken seriously, especially the way exactly. you lost. Especially you got to beat these teams as well. Yeah, especially the way you lost in the bubble. I mean, that people still remember mm-hmm. that. So Milwaukee's yeah. got to get it together. So we'll we'll see what they can do. Um, on the flip side, though, the Wizards. I mean, they've had a lot of issues with with you know with COVID and. You know, there's a lot of free Bradley Beal t- uh, tweets I'm seeing lately. So, <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you think about the Wizards? Well, they ever get rid of him, that's, and that's the question. You know, we had experts and pundits on the last year or, or so on our radio show and on, the, on this podcast uh, asking the question, when, when will Bradley Beal be traded? Uh, the Wizards are going through it right now. It's a rebuild. Of course, you know, they traded John Wall before the start of the season for Westbrook, and you know, that was basically exchange for bad contracts. So uh, I'm with Bradley Beal. If you're rebuilding, fine. I just don't want to be a part of it. The question is, which team is going to get him and for what price? And how? And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of teams. I'm sure and Milwaukee's probably going to try to mm-hmm. maybe somebody. I don't know if the, any of the Western Conference teams, any of them have, you know, guys they can trade and maybe the Chicago Bulls. I'm not, I'm not saying that they will, they will, but again, mm-hmm. look, I mean, he, Beal was like, you know, Billy Dom is like his last big time recruit before he left for the NBA. So I'm sure he's kind mm-hmm. of been in, you know, in Eversley and also AK's ear say, Hey, you know, maybe we can put the, a nice little piece, you know, nice little package there to get Bradley Beal to come here. So that way you can kind of build around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who would you have right now? Assuming a deal like that goes down with the Bulls, Who's the better player, Bradley Beal or Zach Levine? Assuming that they get traded for each other, which one would you rather have? I would like, you know, no disrespect, I would like to have Bradley Beal right now. Yeah, I love Zach. Zach's, you know, still doing his thing. I hope he keeps doing it. But if you if you had to make a choice, 
I take Beal and perhaps maybe build around him. We'll we'll see. I mean, look, there's still a lot, still a lot to figure out. So and there's no and you know the Wizards right now have have given no indication they are going to trade him. So you know it's nice to speculate though, right? <laughs> yeah, it's fun. <laughs> That's why we do what we do. Uh, take a look at the the highlight highlighted games from for this coming weekend in the NBA. Besides the Chicago Bulls facing the Portland Trail Blazers on Saturday. There's a, a couple of the games that people should take notice for, whether you have lead pass or, as Lakina would say, via her laptop. <laughs> uh, for, for Saturday, uh, the Houston Rockets will travel to New Orleans to face the Pelicans. Will the Pelicans uh, trade J.J. Redick? Will they trade Lonzo Ball? His name's been out there as well, but Zion Williamson still piling up numbers. So is Brandon Ingram. Houston's new big three of Oladipo, Wall, and Cousins. Uh, looks like, like you mentioned, Lakina, they started to get together. Of course, it's highlighted by that Lakers-Celtics game on ABC on Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. As of right now, up as of this recording, the Grizzlies will play their first game in a long time against the San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs quietly have turned it around. They are 10-8 and eight right now in the midst of that um, playoff spot in the Western Conference. And the highlight game at 8 p.m. on Saturday is the Phoenix Suns. Big win on Thursday in front of a national audience against the Warriors. They'll travel to, to Dallas to face the Mavericks. The Mavericks are two games under 500, but I wouldn't count them out just yet. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I wouldn't either. I, I think that they're definitely a lot of fighting them. So I would be, yeah, I mean, like I said, I wouldn't freak out. If, you know, I'm sure fans are kind of freaking out about what's been happening. But let, let, look, we still got a lot of, we're only even a month, we're only about like a little over a month into the season, Sid. I mean, look, mm-hmm. I, think, I think you still got teams that are kind of jogging for, for position, especially out west is, is so deep. So there's going to be a lot of fight probably for that bottom, those bottom four spots and the play-in game. So we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we'll see how Memphis looks because, like I said, they haven't played like over a week because of COVID issues they've had. And they've had, they had a five-game winning streak for, before that. So we'll see how they look. That should be a fun one with the Green mm-hmm. Spurs. So I'm looking forward to that one too. Yep, John Moran versus DeMar DeRozan. That should be fun. Couple highlight games for Sunday uh, at 2:30 is the Jazz and the Nuggets from Ball Arena in Denver. Of course, in the nightcap uh, at 6 p.m., you'll have Philadelphia at Indiana. Indiana has struggled recently, but Philadelphia has the best record in the Eastern Conference with 13 and 6 mark. And also, too, for Sunday, the Nets will be back in action against the 3 and 11 Washington Wizards. Should be a so fun. those are your highlight games for Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, don't forget, don't forget that the Celtics Lakers they host Lakers on ABC. So uh, that'll be a national yeah. We mentioned game. that. Yeah. So you know, national televised audience that's always a fun one. Which when those two play during the regular season, face mm-hmm. it, Dallas too. That might be a good one. I know Dallas had their struggles with guys, you know, with COVID and and other issues. So we'll see how Dallas looks. Phoenix got a nice win. You know, last night against the Warriors, like you mentioned, Sid. But I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to this one. That should be a that should be a fun one on Saturday. Yeah. So with the no football this weekend, and let's be honest here, no one gives a damn about the Pro Bowl. So there's <laughs> plenty of opportunities to catch up on some NBA basketball. You're listening to Second City Sports Weekend Edition, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. As we now trans 
transition over to college basketball, Lakina. There are some good games for Saturday and Sunday. Let's make note as of this recording, the Friday night action between the final line nine of Illinois and the Iowa Hawkeyes. That game would have already been played once this episode is released. We'll break down that game for you in our next episode coming up on Monday, which is want to make note of that. Lakina, what are some of the other highlighted games from college basketball this upcoming weekend, starting with Saturday? Well, there's a there you, you got the SEC Big 12 Challenge going on this weekend, Sid, and um, one of the games actually just got postponed due to uh, you know to, to Corona. Um, Texas and uh, Kentucky, you know, Kentucky actually paused their activities because there was a positive test in their program, so they've paused all mm-hmm. activities. So you know, best wishes to whoever it was, and hopefully you know Kentucky can kind of get back mm-hmm. on track. Also, too, um, going outside sort of the, you know, the, the A-10, if you will, St. Louis is one of the top, top teams, like non-Power 5 teams, but their game against Richmond has been postponed due to a, a positive COVID test in their program. So, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's, you know, COVID we can have against some of these games, but there's still plenty of other games coming up this weekend, as Sid, um, Essen mentioned. Um, Tennessee and Kansas, you know, Kansas mm-hmm. lost three in a row, so they're looking to kind of get back on track. Um, let's see here. Oh, I got the wrong, my bad. Kids, I got the wrong date. I got that. That's tonight's action. Oh, Alabama and Oklahoma, that should be a good one. First time since 07 08 season, Alabama's in the top 10 in men's hoops. You know, Nate Yeah. <laughs> Right? I know, right? I mean, look, Nato's has got this guy's playing very well, and Oklahoma's been playing pretty well, too. So, look, that should be a, that should be a good one. That's one of those early games. That's a that's an 11 a.m. game on ESPN, so make sure you guys check that out. Well, real quickly, Keenan, before you move on, the last time, I know recent history, I know he's not coached in, anymore in Alabama. I know Avery Johnson coached there a couple years ago. I helped Colin Sexton get into the NBA. Yep. But when was the last time you heard of Alabama basketball, especially like this? I don't even know they were even this good, but back in the 90s, uh, Robert Ory and Antonio May Dice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember those teams. Oh, God. I love those, those teams. Uh, was Latrell Spiro on those teams, too? I want to say. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe it's a little bit later, but uh. <laughs> Okay, hold on. Let me see. Yeah, yeah. It, it's been a while. Yeah, it, it's been a while since. Okay, wait a minute. Fifty. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Latrell was around those teams too in the, those late nineties mm-hmm. with with Robert Ory and Antonio McDyess. I think I think McDyess was after those two. So, but yeah, I think they. Yeah, were the, he was. Yeah. Yeah, they were like the top. They yeah. were like a top fifteen, top twenty team back then. But they kind of ebbs and flows. I mean, they you know they remember they're more of a football school, if you will. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Mayos is looking at, has looked like. So far, so good. I mean, we thought Avery Johnson was able to do it, but you know, there was some other stuff that went on in the in the, in the, the, the department. We won't go there, but not, not, nothing, like, <laughs> nothing, nothing like too major. But I think like just a just a, just a change at the top. I think that's had more to do with him being let go over mm-hmm. there. But you know, but yeah, I mean, they lose. has been you know playing these guys really well. So good, good for them, and you know, I'm happy for them. And we'll see. They they got him as a two seed right now, so we'll we'll see what what happens with that. Um, Texas Tech and LSU, that should be a fun one. Totally different yeah. styles. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that goes. Florida and West Virginia, TCU and Missouri. Those are, mm-hmm. these are the afternoon games. Um, Villanova and Seton Hall, they, you know, Villanova's kind of, kind of picked up where they left off. Cause you remember, you know, we talked about it, they had COVID issues a couple of weeks yeah. or a couple of weeks, but they kind of got back on track. Um, 
let's see what else um I see Virginia, Virginia Tech on the ACC network for Saturday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. The Battle of Virginia, the state <laughs> of Virginia, that should be a fun one. That's all. Look, that's always a battle there. I don't, you know, in-state battle. I don't care what sport, whether it's football, hoops, volleyball. I know their volleyball teams have had, you know, <laughs> they've, they've been kind of going at it too. So that should be a, that's always a fun one, whenever you're playing your in-state rival. Um, UCLA and Oregon State, UCLA has been playing pretty well out in the Pac-12. Um, Creighton and DePaul. I mean, again, that that's no, no pun intended. But DePaul's playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we'll 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 give them a mulligan, sort of. You know, with everything that's happened. Um, Stanford, that's why I said no pun intended. Right, exactly. Um, Belmont Murray State in the Ohio Valley, the top two teams in that conference, as it, as it usually has been the last few years. Um, that's that's always a fun one between those two. Those two teams play each other Stanford and Arizona State that should be a fun one there out in the Pac-12 and uh, I'll look at the Sunday's matchup so any any other um, matchups that you know that's pique your interest uh, let's stick with, with the local college uh, action Lakina four o'clock on Saturday our guy Jay Hood hope we can get him on this program in the future UIC Flames eight and five yep. including the five and three record in the horizon they'll Travel to face Northern Kentucky. There are seven and eight and five and five in the horizon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, I mean, they've been playing well too. I think Loyola play. Yeah, Loyola plays Missouri State. I think Missouri State. Yeah. The I think they're the they're right there too. I think yeah, they're in the like in the top top tier of the Missouri Valley. So that should be a fun one there down. Yeah, it's a battle between Drake and like you say Loyola Chicago. And I heard a couple of analysts say that the, this Ramblers team could be better than the one that went to the Final Four a couple of years ago. That may be at the end, but I gotta wait and see more. And and, and Drake's undefeated too right now. They won the uh, I think they won the yeah. first that's still undefeated. So yeah. Mm-hmm. At sixteen and zero. Yeah. yeah, they're they got a veteran squad. I think they got like five seniors. I think in their starting lineup. So if I have I haven't watched yeah. like watch watch Drake, but I know what I've been learning about them when I found out they're undefeated they have a veteran squad i think they got, like i said all their starting lineups are seniors so they have all senior or all mm-hmm. fifth year senior starting lineup so they've got them i don't know who the i forgot who the coach is there but I, they're they're playing very well i mean could they perhaps maybe be a spoiler for somebody it would tournament time they play they play look they, they host illinois state on sunday so mm-hmm. that should be a fun one there oh northwestern they host Rutgers. we'll see if they can get back on track they've struggled a little <laughs> Yeah, they've thrown a lot. Well, Juan Harper can't go off <laughs> on yeah, Northwestern. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, they're they're starting to get back on track. Rutgers has Rutgers is, so we'll see if they can do there. Um, that's basically it. Uh, Washington, Washington, stand of Washington. They're they're going through a rebuild mode, so you got to give them kind of give them a mulligan there. Michigan State, Ohio State. I know Michigan State; they've had their struggles lately for various mm-hmm. reasons. So we'll see what they do. Yeah, that game's on Sunday at noon on CBS. So I'm. I'm interesting to uh, I'm interested to watch them. Michigan State hasn't made that big of a noise this year. I know they're eight eight and five overall, but they're only two and five in Big Ten play. Of course, Ohio State is ranked number thirteen in the nation, seven and four in the Big Ten, but a thirteen and four record overall. Should be a fun one. They're also down in Houston. You got the top two teams in the American. You got SMU and Houston, number six. Houston, the Cougars of Houston. That's that's a that's also a noon game on ESPN. So that should be a fun one there. Those who have always had some you know great matchups over mm-hmm. the years. So yeah. So um, we're kind of going to like you know the last like six weeks, I guess, before conference mm-hmm. play starts. 
there like we talked about the last couple episodes you know some people said that maybe they they might pause for a week or two because you know they've had some teams have had COVID issues um Stanford has been able to play in their own in their own campus because of the because of the the um because of the restrictions in their county but it looks like they might be coming back maybe Mm -hmm. next week they might be able to play in in their campus We'll see what they do there. Um, but yeah, that's basically all your college hoops news. And um, we actually have some confirmation on some sad news. Said um, John Cheney, the legendary coach over at Temple. Various news outlets you know, have confirmed that he that he passed away at the age of eighty, age of eighty nine due to COVID. He had COVID. He's been in the hospital with COVID for the last few weeks. Mm. Um, those late 80s, early 90s Temple teams where you had Mark Macon and, and, and those guys, unfortunately, they weren't able to make the Final Four. I mean, the one the teams would make it back in the, in the mid to late 80s, they were right there. You know, unfortunately, they couldn't get over the mm-hmm. hump. You know, kind of stayed up until I think to the end. So, you know, it's been a tough year for college hoops fans. You're losing some, you know, some – you know, pioneer coaches. He was definitely a pioneer. He kind of revitalized that area in Philly. Kind of helped you know set off that that Philly Five tournament or Philly Five you know tournaments. You know, with Temple mm-hmm. and Villanova and LaSalle and um, Penn. Um, I don't know. That might be another team I'm missing, but yeah, those are like the four main teams in, in Philly. So definitely revitalized the the recruiting there and whatnot. Was a top coach from the first year he took over at Temple to the very end and basically made, made Temple a power for a long time. Yeah, and just reading down his accomplishments here, we'll just highlight some of them. He was the Atlantic 10 Coach of the Year five times in 1984, 1985, 1987, 88, and the, then again in 2000. He was the AP Coach of the Year in 88 and a UPI Coach of the Year also in 1988. He was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame in 2001, and the College Basketball Hall of Fame opened up his doors to him back in 2006. Lakina, uh, uh, he was one of the few black hat coaches uh, back then, along with the now late great John Thompson at Georgetown. He was doing his thing over there back then. He was one of the first coaches that I knew in terms of Cheney that it was reported in the public that he had 5 a.m., 6 a.m. practices before his players went to class. So, uh, of course, you don't hear too many stories of that any, anymore. He was a very intense guy. Like you mentioned, he, he revitalized, the, uh, he changed the game as far as recruiting, especially in that Philadelphia area. And, of course, we all remember, you're going to hear this throughout this weekend, him and uh, – and John Calipari got into it. And of course, John Calipari was the head coach at UMass back in the mid-90s. Uh, um, um, he called, if I have the story right, Calipari called one of uh, John Cheney's players, goons, of course. Uh, uh, Cheney interrupted Calipari's press conference, yelling at him and, and the things along that line. So uh, that, that you, I know that's one of, if not – a few blemishes on uh, Cheney's record, if you want to say, but that's not going to um, uh, deter of what he did as far as basketball is concerned and college basketball in particular. He's going to be missing. His mark is is heavily stained on on the game for uh, forever. It's forever etched in stone, and, and it's not going to be forgotten. His legacy will live on forever. 
And the, the cool thing about the, the, uh, the, the story you just shared, Sid, I mean, he, he and, um, and Cal actually were able to patch things up. Thank goodness. Cause I think Good. he, I mean, you know, we were real, they, they had their battles in the nineties when both Temple mm -hmm. and UMass, you remember, you know, Calipari led UMass from the bottom up in the back in the early to mid nineties. Um, those are some really great teams. So quality, you know, quality teams, you know, played some great games during that two, three year stretch. He went from Cheney State, which is a small school right outside Philadelphia. It wasn't named after him. I know he kind of, yeah, I know some people mm -hmm. kind of teased him about that, but no, that was not, the school was not named after him. Got to Temple back in the early 80s, you know, kind of revitalized that program. Mm -hmm. Over 500, you know, after the first year to kind of got mm -hmm. that team going and, you know, they made the postseason tournament in some way. You know, like we said, it's unfortunate that they never made the, the final four, but he definitely left a mark in that program. And there's look, they're still trying to trying to find a way. I think they've got one of his players now, coach, if I'm not mistaken. I'll, I'll look that up. But yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean look, Temple, you know, I'm sure they're you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to him, his family and and, and the Temple community. Yes, and and John Cheney reached the Elite Eight three times in nineteen ninety one, nineteen ninety three, and then for the last time in 1999 and so they came close a couple of times yeah aaron mckee is now the coach there he played for mm -hmm. he played for uh john chain the early nights i'm sure you know he's he's you know feeling it right now i think he says this is, i think this is his first year there if i'm not mistaken at temple i know he, i know i think he just got i know he just got there so i know this is his first or second year mm -hmm. but you know they're, they're still trying to find that they're still trying to find the what made you know, it's so special and hopefully he can bring that. He can bring that. Yeah, hopefully he can. Uh, before we close out, Lakina uh, baseball news in our backyard, the Chicago Cubs have signed outfielder Jack Peterson from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now uh, uh, on paper, it looks like it's going to be a very good outfield defensively. You have Jay Hay, AKA Jason Hayward in right, Ian Happ at center and Peterson in left field. But offensively, I think this is going to be, I'm not going to say a problem, but it's going to be a challenge. Do you like this addition for the Northsiders as they continue to shed payroll and field, and I'm using air quotes for those listening exclusively on the podcast, field the competitive team? Yeah, I I, I think Jed Hoyer thinks that the, the that division, that NL Central is still there for the taking. And in some weird way, he's actually right. Because if you think about it, I mean, I know Adam Ray White's back with the Cardinals, but do they really scare you? I mean, they lost one of their top close, one of the top closers, and you know, do they scare you? Not really. I mean, mm -hmm. Milwaukee. We'll see where Milwaukee is. I mean, but they're sort of starting to show they're they're starting to rebuild too. Uh, maybe Cincy. Maybe Cincy can kind of you know break through and you know be the class of that division. Um, Pittsburgh. I mean, they're still they're still kind of trying to find their way too. I know they made some moves, but it hasn't panned out. So, looking at them, I mean, I know some people said maybe Schwarber because you know Peterson is about two three million dollars cheaper than what you could have gotten had had a Schwarber could have, had Schwarber stayed. So I think it's all mm -hmm. about payroll, and I think from what I've read that they're starting they are kind of opening the books a little bit to sort of like you know feel a competitive team or perhaps maybe contend in the division because that division, I think they're all really scares me in that division, maybe Cincy, but that's about it. Yeah. Like you mentioned, St. Louis is always there. Of course they lost to the Padres in the, in the opening series last year in the playoffs, Cincinnati got back to the playoffs for the first time in a long time last year. They lost to Atlanta in that wild card series. So Milwaukee, you think they'll be back? Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> Pittsburgh, they still at the bottom. 
you know, the Cubs, uh, <laughs> if you don't get off to a good start, uh, 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 there's a couple players that may be gone, you know, is maybe one in particular sooner rather than later, i.e. Chris Bryant, and maybe i.e. Uh, Wilson Contreras. Uh, both their names have been on the tra trading block uh, these last couple of off-seasons. Uh, looks like it may be different this going around. If not now, definitely by the trade deadline, especially if the Cubs are not in serious contention for a playoff spot by that time. Could be another white flag <laughs> part two in Chicago. We shall see. Could be very interesting season for the Cubs. Um, what about what Bob Nightingale said about the White Sox? Is supposedly that the the checkbooks closed that they were tapped out. I mean, do you believe any of that? <laughs> Do I believe that the checkbook is closed? Yes. Do I believe they're tapped out? No. <laughs> Here's the thing for the White Sox. Expectations at an all-time high, and we'll get into this as the weeks go along, as spring training will open up less than a month here. The White Sox, they did all they could to fill a team that could win now. The question is, What's the chemistry going to be like? How long will it take to come this, for the group to come together? And how will Tony La Russa manage this group? That's the question right now. Who's going to fill out that uh, starting rotation? Who's going to be your fifth starter? Will, will it be Michael Kopech, or will he start the season in the minors? Yeah, that's going to be very interesting to see what happens in, in, in that front. Um, do you, are they going to try for a Trevor Bauer? I know that I know that the Mets, you know, they're they're going to try and make a play for him. I know, I'm sure they're going to try to play, make a play for him too. I don't know what their their cap situation is, but maybe the Dodgers too. So we'll we'll just have to wait and see what they do. Yeah, it's a wait and see game. Real quick before we close out, Lakina, going back to the NBA, I don't, I don't think we got into this. Uh, of course, the the week off will be during the first week in March, mm -hmm. and of course, uh. The, the opening for the All-Star Game balloting will uh, ha has started already as this this past Thursday. Of course, Dwayne Wade, former NBA player, future Hall of Famer, Chicago's very own, he said on Twitter the other day that this is the year that Zach Levine should be an All-Star. First of all, Lakina, do you think an All-Star Game should be played this year? Uh huh. <laughs> and number two, I don't think it's going to be any fans regardless. So do you think an All-Star game should be played? If so, it looks like the, the proceeds of that will go to HBCUs, which is a good idea. But here's the thing, and I think it's a concern for everybody. Of course, it's a concern for the NBA for sure. You have players traveling all over the country. Some of the games are going to be played in Atlanta, I believe. Yeah. I, you know, having a bit something happens to or even one player, is it worth it? I get the idea. I'm behind the idea, and I think they'll keep the rules the same as they were here in Chicago last year, which you got that classic finish by Anthony Davis, Davis hitting that uh, game-winning free throw. But I'm kind of in between on this. I know it's, it's going to be another money grabber for the league. Like I said, I don't know that there's going to be fans in there because, let's be honest, all All-Star games are fan events. Of course, you're not going to have all the extra stuff around it. Okay. But mm -hmm. <laughs> I, it's, it's between a rock and a hard place right yeah, now. If they, if they can pull it off and nothing happens, it's a, any, everything you, you do, you're taking a chance, okay? Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I'm between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, you're, you're very flemmix. I've never seen you so flemmix you know, when we talked about this. Um, but look, I, 
I, well, I, I, see, I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think they want to take the chance, especially with this new COVID variant going around, all the different variants and stuff like that. I don't know if they're going to want to risk it. They may do, they may try to be creative, do something interesting where maybe they'll do trivia or maybe they'll do, you know, maybe do try to do the horse like, like ESPN did, you know, when this whole thing, this whole pandemic started. But I don't think they're going to, they're, they're going to find a way to try to, try to, you know, mimic something. But I don't see them, I don't see a lot of teams are going to want to risk their, you know, their guys going to Atlanta where the restrictions are kind of, mm, Man, right. Man. I know they let the Hawks have let some fans in already. I know there were eight thousand there the other night against Brooklyn. So, uh, hopefully, I know the league has thought of it. Like I said, voting has opened, so it looks like there may be something down the road. If it's not a game, like you said, the King, they can be creative with other events. I know the, this joke called the Pro Bowl will take place this weekend. They're doing some activities. I'm using air quotes here, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's really going to be interesting these next few weeks on what the NBA does here. Yeah, they'll, they'll definitely. They'll def, they'll, I don't think it's something because I don't. I don't think Adam Silver wants to take a chance on doing like a full fledged game. I just don't see, especially with COVID cases still going up in a lot of states. Last year, still very very restricted when it comes to travel. So I just don't see them doing an actual game. You you look you'll you'll find something creative to do if you want to. If you want to do proceeds to BC HBCUs and and stuff like that. Hey, fine. There, but there are other ways they can do it. They can be creative. Yeah, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what the league does here in the next few weeks. It's been another fun-filled episode, Lakina. Uh, yeah, like I said, I'm looking forward to a whole lot of basketball this weekend, and uh, it should be fun. Yeah, same here. We're going doing a lot of. Um you know, catch up on some uh, college hoops too, and also pro as well. Like I said, there was no football. So, and I also want to clean up real quick, the big five from Philly, LaSalle, Penn, Villanova, St. Joe's, and Temple. Oh, I forgot St. Joe's. They, they, I mean, we haven't seen St. Joe's. You know, they haven't been, they've actually been okay, but they haven't been very good lately. So that's probably why I forgot about them. But I want to clean up there for the good folks over at St. Joe's. And also too, real quick, RIP uh, to Cicely Tyson. She passed away on Thursday at the age of 96. She was a Tony Award winner, also award-winning actress. She's been in a lot of black movies. She plays uh, Coretta Scott King. We all remember that growing up in the 80s. She played Harriet Tubman as well. I remember seeing her the last time I saw her on screen. She was in uh, the big uh, Tyler Perry's uh, family reunion. Uh, many years ago. So she had a passionate speech in, in that movie as well. So uh, Cicely, Cicely Tyson, she will be missed. She was a legendary actress. Uh, she was a civil rights activist as well. She did uh, great things both on and off screen. She was one of the pioneers for black uh, uh, actresses at that time. You think of Hattie Mae Daniel before her. And so she paved the way for everybody uh, working in the entertainment field today. Well, yeah, she she stayed working until the end. So you, you got to yeah. got to give her props for that. Ninety six, what a legend. Mm -hmm. Also, too, you know, we forgot to mention on a previous pod, Larry King passed away. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he was a big sports fan, of course. You know, he epitomized you know interviews and stuff, and in the in those you know in those instances too. I know he was a big sports fan, particularly a big baseball fan. I'm glad he got a chance to see. You know, he was a big, you know, Dodgers fan. So I'm I'm, I'm glad he got to see the Dodgers win another uh, World Series. <laughs> So I think he might have been a Yankees fan too. So, you know, he was there to, you know, I think he interviewed a lot of, you know, activists and actors and athletes. Of course he was around mm -hmm. them a lot. So 
rest in peace to him as well. Also, Chorus, and you know, another, you know, Oscar winner, eight-time Emmy winner. I mean, just, you know, another, you know, she was a pioneer, you know, a pioneer too in working in Hollywood from start to finish. My mom said she was doing a, a streaming series, you know, last year. So she was working until the end too. So mm -hmm. lots, of, lots of, all of great people these last couple of weeks. That's how about. Yeah, like I said, 2020, 2020 is carried over to 2021, but uh, uh, like you mentioned, uh, 2021 hopefully is the year of change. So uh, let's just be appreciative of what we have and, and do what we need to do to live our best lives and leave a legacy. So on that note, you can find yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You follow me at Keenan McGee on Twitter and at Keenan underscore McGee on the IG. Also, real quick before we close out, Sekou Smith of NBA TV. He yeah. passed away early this week of uh, related to the COVID uh, virus. Of course, myself, along with Kenneth Davis and Demond Sproul, Kyle Means as well. We had him on the show a few years ago. He's a he was a passionate guy covering the NBA and the whole sport of basketball in particular. He will be missed. So um, RIP to uh, Sekou Smith as well as into his family uh, during this difficult time. Also, you could catch our podcast, Second City Sports, along with the other podcast programming for War Media by simply going to our website at weareregalradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L radio.com. You could also check out all of our articles on the website as well due to sports, culture, and other fun stuff there as well. Also, you can go to War on Anchor, which keeps you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and that iHeartRadio app. Just type in that search engine box, War on Anchor, W-A-R-R -R on Anchor. And we're also on YouTube at War Media, a.k.a. War, War Media, at this W-A-R-R -R Media. Uh, my brain's just freezing up on me. You can find us there on YouTube. Like, comment, share, subscribe. You can not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing. Thank you for your support in advance. Absolutely. So for Sid, I'm Lakina. You guys be careful out there. There's some snow headed our, more snow headed our way here in the Chicago region. Also, wash your hands, wear your mask, mm -hmm. keep your distance. So for Sid, I'm Lakina. This is Sports Zoom style, and we'll see you on Monday. Till next time, pop.